Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Never a dull moment. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer with you. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza's the Mediterranean Chicken. Again, if you've not heard, the National Hockey League has delayed the start to tonight's Oilers game against the Montreal Canadiens. They've not named the player as of yet. That will occur at um, 3 o'clock Edmonton time. 5 o'clock Mountain Standard time is when the NHL protocol list gets uh, updated uh, and is available. Uh, but because they've got the orders now have someone on that COVID protocol list, they're waiting for more results for the rest of the team. So they're delaying Tonight's uh, puck drop from 5 p.m. Edmonton time to 6. The face-off show with Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, myself, Cam Moon, cast of thousands will begin at 4 o'clock. On a day in which we had Brian Burke on for the final time as part of uh, Truculent Thursday, we've already heard from Louis DeBrusque. Now, Montreal-based media personality, um, beloved former member of the Edmonton Oilers, and Brian Burke would probably be his type of general manager as well. We welcome back to the show George LaRock out of Montreal. Hi, George. How are you? Awesome, Bob. How's everything? Well, I mean, good, but sad. Sad we lost Berkey to the Pittsburgh Penguins. I can't believe he chose the Pittsburgh Penguins over Oilers now in Sportsnet, but he did. But I'm really, I'm really happy for. I mean, you gotta love Brian Burke because he just kind of says it like it is, right? That's why people love him. And uh, and then you know, George, a little bit, uh, you know, uh, we, we... You, know, you know, I'll tell you what I thought about this. Uh, why I was happy for the Penguins, the fact that they got Berkey. When Rutherford left, he left because apparently he, tra- he wanted to trade uh, Latan and the team, they blocked him. Like, I, I checked it for- further on, and I know the first time we talked, he said yeah. it was rumor, but I guess they didn't give him full power. He was, okay. he was blocked by the owners. So when I saw that, I was like, if they're trying to find a guy to replace him, who's going to want to come to a team 
that the owners, they're going to have a veto right on everything that you want to do. Right. And I was like, man, that team, they're going to be in tough position because owners should step aside from hockey and let the president or the GM take care of hockey stuff. Look at what's uh, going on with Ottawa, with Melnick, uh, and the problem that he's been given in the past. So when I saw that they hired Extal and Berkey, there's one thing that everybody knows about Berkey <laughs> is he will never get into a position where you would tell him what to do. If he's the president of the team, he's going to resign. He's going to get out before people start telling him he can do this, he can do that. I'm pretty sure that when he got the interview and they talked to him, it's like, listen, you want me to do the job? I'm going to do the job. And you're not going to tell me what to do, what not to do. That's why now, saying that this guy is there, you know he's going to have full power. George, that's very well stated on your part. We loved having him on the show. We love having you and Louie on the, the show as well on Thursdays. Uh, it's interesting. We've, we've got a developing story in Montreal. Again, the game has been pushed back by an hour. Uh, of course, today, yes, Apolliarvi was not on the line with McDavid and RNH. Uh, Ryan Rashog was the first person to mention that from TSN. Dave Tippett said precautionary today. And now we find out the game has been delayed an hour. Uh, and that the, the league has announced that the owners do have a player that is in COVID protocol right now. Doesn't necessarily mean a hundred well anyways they've got a guy in covid protocol or awaiting more tests george you've uh uh you know you've experienced this yourself you've gone through this did you when when you ended up getting covid at the time because you went and did hospital visits did did you feel it right because some people that i know that have had it were never sick and other people were sick um did you have any signs that you were not feeling well in that regard the sign that I had is because I'm asthmatic, I had a hard time to breathe. So when I had a hard time breathing, um, I, I, I went to the hospital, and I didn't think I had COVID. I went to the hospital because I wanted to know why I had a hard time to breathe. I never thought I had COVID. And, and, and also, I went there because I wanted to make sure that whatever I had, because I was delivering food to elderly people. So I needed to know um, what was wrong with me because... I wasn't afraid for me, but I was afraid for the elderly if I got something that was contagious or anything. So I went there, not thinking that I had COVID because I had a hard time to breathe. And then when I, got, when, when I did the test, that's when they told me that the COVID attacked me in the forms of pneumonia or whatever. And then, and then I was in the hospital. For, and actually, I didn't, I didn't want to go to the hospital, like stay at the hospital. I wanted to go home after that, but they said that uh, I had to go to the hospital for a couple of days. Uh, before and then when I went there, they gave me oxygen. And after two days, I went back home. And for a week later, I, I, I was running 10k on my treadmill. So, you know, like I, I was pretty like the fact that when you're healthy, you recover from anything much faster than when you're not. You right. know, and and I knew that I was gonna I, I was gonna be fine. But I know also that people that are older that are more at risk, it's not something that would be good for them to get. But in, in no moment, uh, Bob, I was ever, I was ever afraid for my life when I got it. Did you feel like, other than you know, being concerned because you, you have asthma, did you feel really sick at any point in those two days that you were in the hospital? Uh, I, I had fevers for the first two days. Yeah, uh, a bit, of, a bit of fever, but nothing too crazy. Like, and then you know, running nose, like kind of like, I would say I would compare it to if you had a really, really bad cold. That's what it felt like. A really, really bad cold with a headache. 
That's yeah. exactly the symptom that I had. And, and But, again, having a cold and stuff, you know, we have it every year, right? It's like in the winter. But it's just the fact that my breathing that was diminished in the beginning, yeah. you know, just the thing that, you know, was taking so much Ventolin, so much puffers and stuff, you have to, to, have to be back to normal. But, uh, you know, and after two days, it was fine. I know that of some people that were super sick and felt terrible and others that didn't even have any signs and and, and they ended up having it. Uh, it's interesting. We're joined by George Rock. George, you were part of the 06 run with the Edmonton Oilers. And if I cor- r- recall correctly, in the Anaheim series, was, was there not a – did a bunch of guys not get really sick towards the end of that playoff series and it ran yeah, through but- the team of it? Yeah, there's a, there's a, yeah, somebody got the flu and everybody got it. So it's kind of like, it's a form of virus, kind of like what we're having right. now, but, but may, maybe not as virulent, obviously. And, 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 you know, on a hockey team, it's impossible when somebody has the virus not to think that nobody's going to get it just because you, you all, you all having your own bottle of water, right? Because in the air right. and stuff and, and the place. So most of the guys were infected and remember, uh, before the game, they had to get IV before and after the game. Wow. So uh, uh, it, we were sick, and we still won the game. The, w- it was crazy. It was crazy. We won the game. The, the just human was like, we were all sick. And then the media were like, man, this is remarkable. And then it, 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 it's an amazing story, right? Because we didn't even expect to win because we just had a hard time just to get the guys to, 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 be, to stand up. Their coach was so embarrassed because they lost because of it that they thought that we made it up. They, he, he, he was telling the media that we lied. We made it up so, so to scare his team. You know, because what coach is going to say in a playoff game, we lose to a team that most of the players are under IV because they have the, there's a flu problem on that team, right? Yep. So, yeah, we really breezed through Anaheim quite easy uh, uh, during that uh, Sunday Cup run. Yeah, well, and then you beat them in five games. I remember you're up, uh, you're up three nothing. They won game four at Edmonton. Then you guys went back there and squeaked one out in game number five. Uh, one guy that I know, like, there's certain guys that can. Were you a guy that could play when you were sick? Like, did it affect you much? Or because I know, like, a guy like Jason Smith. Jason Smith was a tough guy, George. Like he, there, there's some guys that can play through injury and play through illness, and Jason Smith was one of those guys, wasn't he? Yeah, no, he was. A, he was, and I know that a lot of time, Kenny, you know, the trainer, you have to tell him that uh, that you can't play tonight uh, when you had broken bones and stuff like this, uh, and he wanted to play anyway. So it's the trainers that have to pull him out. But Bob, there's one thing that you should know is that when you're talking about playing hurt. Every guy that does that, that do that fights for a living, they, they play, play hurt. hurt. Yeah. Because when you fight, and even when you look at my fight, and you're like, "Oh, you beat him up," and this and that, your body is in ache and in pain for like weeks. And often, when you go to the next game, you're still in pain. Your hands, like, how do you think your hands feel? You, we don't have gloves like in boxing. Like when you're punching guys, your hands is bleeding, and then you have a game in two days, and you're fighting again. And, man, you always sore. Your body sore all the time. So, and, and I know it's not something that you can really compare to, let's say, a guy that blocks shots, that blocks it again and gets something. But remember that when you're fighting, all, you, you, all your muscles, they're all crisping, and we're killing each other, and we're hitting each other. And, and whether your hands sore, anything happens, the other guy don't care. 
You know, like, and, and that's why if they say the stuff that jumps professional hockey, not just the anxiety of getting into a fight, but to play through the pain because you're sore all the time and you can't show it to anyone. You can't show it to your teammates, to anyone. And you got to throw your body out there also when you, you know, when you play physical and you, you, every time you're on the ice, you got to hit somebody, you run to the board. Right. So if you're not fighting, you're running into the board. If you're not running to the board, you're fighting. So your body is always taking the toll. And on top of that, you can't take any optional because you're a tough guy. You're always on the ice. You're always doing back skate. So while you're sore, you always do extras on the ice because you don't play enough. So you combine all those things together, man. Every guy that did the job, they were tough. tough. Well, the other, uh, I'm going to talk about two fights that have happened the last uh, week or so. Uh, uh, Curtis McDermott, who's, re- uh, he was Connor McDavid's tough guy in the juniors with Erie's big tough kid that plays for the LA, LA, Kings, LA Kings. He and Nicholas Delorier went toe to toe, and I think McDermott hit Delorier's helmet four times, and you yeah. could see his knuckles swelling. In the penalty box, like he took his gloves off, and he's, and then Zach Cassian, and we technically don't have the injury yet for Zach Cassian, but he had a wild fight with Eric Gabranson. Cassian had the early advantage. Gabranson came back, then Cassian really had him in a tough position for a while, and both guys hit each other's helmets. Did you ever break? I know Steve McIntyre uh, broke Andre Devoe's helmet in uh, the minors. Did you ever break a guy's helmet, George? No, because if you look at, I'm, I'm actually surprised you asked me this question, Bob. Because you found yeah, how you punched, how you punched. What do I do? What do I, what do I do every time I fight? Look at all my fights. I always do the same thing. You what get the guys. You you'd get his helmet off and you'd punch always. It. I, I, yeah. I always do that because I knew my hand was like my tool, and if I broke my hand, I'd be done. So I always take the helmet off because I'd never wanted to punch it. And none of my fights, I don't punch on helmets. It's not good for your hands, and you don't you don't hurt the other guy. You know, when you look at a spe- spectacular fight that guys go toe-to-toe punching helmets, you don't feel anything. You don't feel anything when somebody punches a helmet and stuff. So that's why I always took it out. And when I did, guys, they would panic because right away when you do, every blow is right to the head, right? Which yes. which is like, you know, people want it often to the, the fight to be over because it hurts. But, uh, yeah, I did that all the time, and I never broke my hand in my career. George, the Montreal Canadiens had a real good start in the road this year, 5-0-2. They're only 3-3 three and three at home. I mean, Ottawa's starting to play better. They played okay against the Oilers that could have easily won maybe both games with a bounce or two. They didn't get very good goaltending in the second game between Edmonton and Ottawa early. What's going on of late for the Canadiens? Uh, I mean, tell me, what, what do you think's happened? Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, Montreal has no success at home. Like, they were better on the road. And also, now we're starting to have a little crisis about goaltending. Because you look at the numbers, now people, you know, because of how much money prices make, every time his number is sub-900, say the percentage, or he's not 2-point-something, the average, people are panicking because of the amount of money that he makes. So now, because Jake Allen's numbers are much better than price, people are not happy, and people are criticizing and now, like, pressure's on him. So, you know, Allen has been playing really good and he's been, like, every opportunity that he's had, he's out there. And, and a lot of people are thinking that Price has a hard time getting his rhythm because he's used to play almost every game. And now they pretty much play pretty much half and half, and he hasn't gotten rhythm yet. So, so far, Price, you know, things have been tough for him lately. And now Allen's going to play tonight. And, of course, 
the big discussion is following the win is who's going to play Saturday. Uh, I would, the logic would say you go with Price, but if he plays an unbelievable game, you'll see people in Montreal demanding Allen to play Saturday for the rematch against the Leafs. But also, I don't know, but Bob, those two games against Ottawa, Montreal's been flat. You know, the way they played against the Oilers and, and, and the Canucks, you'd think that everybody said it was going to be a slaughter against Ottawa that has no goalie. And all of a sudden, like, Ottawa got some confidence because the way Montreal was playing against them, and they've yeah. been flat ever since. Montreal is flat right now. They're playing with no confidence. Gallagher's not the same. Dano is not working. And if the Oilers really have a really good start tonight, first of all, the Oilers, they have to avenge what happened when Montreal came to Edmonton. They, they have to take it to them. And because everybody in Montreal, they're not all playing good, uh, this is something that maybe the oil will take advantage of and maybe surprise them. All right, George, uh, we got a bunch of other stuff to hit on here. Thank you very much for joining us. In, uh, hopefully the game uh, gets off tonight again. We're just waiting for a little bit more information from the National Hockey League, and we look forward to talking with you next Thursday, George, okay? Uh, awesome, brother. Thanks a lot. That is George LaRock, Edmonton's sporting icon. It is 148 at Edmonton. Again, uh, just to reiterate the point, the National Hockey League has moved back the start time from tonight's game, uh, 5 o'clock Edmonton time to 6 o'clock Edmonton time. We'll have an extended version of the face-off show beginning at 4 o'clock with Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Cam Moon, and myself. Um and I'll give you a couple more thoughts here in a second, but it's 149 in Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers now. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Leon Dreisaitl tied for the NHL lead amongst forwards with a plus 11. Oilers and the Canadians now at six. It's been pushed back. Just want to read you a tweet from Ryan Rashog from TSN. It says start time being pushed uh, could have to do with an inconclusive test as opposed to a positive. Out of an abundance of caution, test results for the entire team would be pushed through as quick as possible the day of an inconclusive test, hence the start time being nudged back. At this point, there's no reason to assume anyone has tested positive. Could well be a precautionary based on an inconclusive result. And uh, again, we'll have to uh, continue to monitor uh, the situation. But yes, in theory, uh, you can end up on that protocol list with uh, an inconclusive result because the league has suggested that the, there is a player uh, from the Oilers that will be entering uh, that has been entered in a COVID protocol. That COVID protocol list from the National Hockey League gets released five o'clock Eastern, three o'clock Edmonton time. That'll shed some more insight on the situation. The obvious concern is that somebody is theoretically tested positive, though it could theoretically be inconclusive. Uh, and based on the morning skate today with James Neal up on the line with Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, that person very well could be, yes, a Polyarby Poli- since he wasn't on the ice today. Now, we're not in Montreal. We didn't get a chance to watch the morning skate. We're under the assumption that McDavid, Neal, and RNH were going to be together. Dry Settle, Cahoon, and Yamamoto, Kara, Ennis, and Archibald, Tura, Shore, and Chason. Just another angle here for you. If 
yes, a pole Yarvey is indeed on the COVID list, the Oilers would be allowed in that scenario to activate another player. Maybe they activate a right winger. Maybe you move Chase on up there and have Patrick Russell play with Shore and Turris. I'm not sure. Don't forget, James Neal just came off a game where he blocked a shot off his foot against Ottawa. Did not play the last game. Devin Shore went in. Devin Shore's got four goals and ten points in ten career games against the Montreal Canadiens. So, suffice to say, lots of uh, wheels in motion at this time. Into this day in Oilers history for... Dennis and Jason Laliberti, the team at New West Travel. Going back to 1988, here's Brendan Escott. Wayne Gretzky scores a goal and two assists to give him 101 points, making 1987-88 his ninth 100-point season, and that, well, it stands as an NHL record. Uh, Marcel Dion had the old mark of eight 100-point years. The Oilers won that game 7-2 at Vancouver. Uh, it's kind of interesting. They're, you know... There's a guy by the name of Michael Parcati, real smart guy, analytics number, and he uh, he <laughs> he just tweeted out because there's a debate right now on the greatest of all time, and you know, is it Wayne Gretzky or Tom Brady? And Michael Parcati says on Twitter, "The Gretzky isn't the best player in the history. People are the anti-vaxxers of hockey fandom, like it's cute on Facebook up until legitimate people start giving it credence." Again, you can text us at any time. Wow, that is bringing the heat. You can text us any time at 780-496-0063. So, a little bit of an abridgment to our schedule for this afternoon. We will tell you that right now, as it stands, uh, the face-off show will be from 4 to 6 tonight. Puck drop at 6 p.m. Edmonton time. Game pushed back for an hour as the National Hockey League waits for more test results uh, from uh, the Edmonton Oilers with a player entering uh, COVID protocol. And that announcement would come from the league at 3 o'clock Edmonton time today as to who that player theoretically would be. Tomorrow, Cam Moon, Elliot Friedman for NHL Hockey on Rogers, Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the Horses. And horse race in Alberta. Edmonton in Montreal. Up next, by the way, Jalen and I with the 630 Jet Afternoons. Canada's intelligence uh, intelligence chief warning Canadians they are being aggressively targeted by hostile foreign governments seeking political, economic, and military advantage. Phil Gursky, who is in threat and risk consulting with Borealis, a former analyst with CSIS will join Jay Lynn after 2 o'clock news. And this is the retro remix of Men Without Hats to close out today's show. Oilers in Montreal, hopefully tonight at 6 o'clock. So long, everybody. From out of this world, leave the real one far behind. And we can dance. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.